0: Hey y'all, hey, I'm Glenny, this is Let's Share True Stories. Oh wow, ask and the universe will deliver. Maybe not right away, maybe not what you think, blah, 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 but I asked for stories and shit, did I get one. Um, Warning, warning, this contains a lot of um, just, yeah, if you think you might get queasy from some true crime details, then don't just skip this one but if you are here for it this is one that happened once again in my hometown Uh, the person that I'm interviewing today I don't I feel like I know now but I didn't know from uh, living back at home and we know a lot of the same people and some people that I know are involved in this story as well so Anyway, this one is a wild one. Hang on to your assholes. Uh, yep. Here we go. So I got dropped off in this story at a very interesting point and then kind of backtracked from there. That's just the way it worked out. I'm gonna go ahead and play a clip from uh News Nine ABC somewhere in uh, Tennessee. Hey. So this is where it all started for me. Since you can't see it, I'm gonna go ahead and let you know. Um, Well, I think I'm gonna post it on my YouTube channel. Uh, I'm gonna post a bunch of shit on there, check it out. Let's share two stories, YouTube, everywhere. Um, So anyway, here we go. It's a car crash. It's the murder suspect of Harry Barkley, who is Chris's brother. Here we go. This is pretty much where it all goes down. As a police chase comes to a dramatic end in Jasper, troopers used a pit maneuver, a tactic used by police to intentionally cause a car to spin out. Welcome to News Channel 9 at 6. I'm Kim Chapman.
1: And I'm Joshua. The viewers sent us that video you just saw, and there's much more to that. That's right. Eric Benninghoff shows us what happened after troopers stopped that suspect. Eric. Kim, Josh, we're here at the scene in Jasper where it all went down. We spoke to a witness who saw the chase come to a conclusion. He told us that the driver's tires were popped. And if you look down here, you can see those scrape marks from the tires in the road and up the median over here. And that is where his video picks up. It was a dramatic morning in Jasper a car chase came to a wild end. It was like a TV. Like, you know, you never would imagine out in the middle of nowhere. It happened this morning on Highway 28 outside the Mapco subway complex. Out of nowhere, like, five cop cars came barreling down the road, and this guy was just going down the street like as fast as he could. He had people on tires. Evan Sanborn caught it on camera. He says the driver's car was pushed down this hill. Next thing I knew, two cops were on the, on the back end of his car, pushed him out the way. He just pit maneuver, and everybody jumped out and got on the car, and there was guns pointing everything. At least two Tennessee patrol cars were damaged, being towed away while we were on scene. They probably arrested him around the top of the hill. The video shows one officer get on the hood of the driver's car and draw his gun. They were yelling, like, get down and, like, get out the car. Sanborn says at one point, he saw at least 30 cars on scene from all different counties. I saw him got pulled out of the car, and he was in handcuffs, and he was trying to resist and everything. But who that driver is and why this all happened remains unknown. I was mind blown. I didn't have any words to say nothing. Kim, Josh, we reached out to law enforcement all throughout the region to find out... What prompted this car chase in the first place, where it began, and why a pit maneuver was used to put it to an end. We reached out to Tennessee Highway Patrol in particular. They told us this is an active and ongoing investigation and wouldn't provide us any details beyond that. We'll give you updates as we learn them. Reporting live in Jasper, I'm Eric Benninghoff, News Channel 9. All right, Eric, thank you. The pit maneuver stands
0: for Pursuit and Mobilization Technique. Oh, bitch, we don't... to the Department of Justice, it requires... No, we don't care... And and then they go into the pit maneuver oh who can't <clears throat> that is so dumb anyway that's where i got dropped off into the story how the fuck does a car chase in tennessee what does that have to do with this guy's brother who got was missing and murdered in georgetown like what huh how's the connection what question mark um yeah we're here to explain don't you worry um yeah that was the suspect trying to get away he was actually dating someone for quite a while right before all of this shit went down and we get to speak with her so her name is maya and i'm so glad she could join us and um let's you know just have a chat um i do know how it is to say oh um i did date or speak with or know someone who turned out to be a murderer doesn't happen every day so connections are made hang on here we all be respectful don't you know i'm dropping you off right into the story here is a youtube clip and it's titled Harry Barkley's mom and sister 2. um I don't see number one but it's from Gab News which is Georgetown and beyond and it was posted about a year ago a little over a thousand views so um for those of you that can't see the clip they're holding a missing person fire and they're wearing the shirts that say bring Harry home so let's listen to what they have to say
2: come to Georgetown County to a girlfriend's house that he was in. And he never made it there coming from the girlfriend. We've received multiple scenarios, multiple stories of um, who he could have been with, um, dates that he was last seen with someone, or where he was last seen. And as a mother, I've been through woods looking for my son, through creeks looking for my son, and um, it don't feel good looking for your son when you're trying to find him. Now his car was found right behind you at the... Um, uh, September 14th, his car was found... Underwater. ...right behind us here um, submerged underwater. The tide was low that day, and my brother traveled over 1,100 miles from Arkansas. To help look for Harry, and he was just riding the river seeing if he'd see anything in the water, and happened to come up to this area behind us um, where the trunk of his car was seen because the tide was low. And after the car was found, that's when the dive team came? That's when uh, rescue divers came, not recovery divers. Um, Came, um, and fire, rescue, ambulance, and so forth. The investigators and everything. Everyone came that day to get involved in the case. Is there any chance that he could have just said, hey, you know, hey, I've got to start a new life somewhere? No, no uh, that's, that's, that not, could not, that's have not Harry. If he was not in contact with my mom every day or every other day at least, he was in contact with my brother that lived in Arkansas. Yes. He's always needed contact with family. There's no possible way that he just took off and started a whole new life anywhere. Did he have a cell phone? He did have a cell phone. Do they know where it pinged at last? No, we do not know where it last pinged at. I just want people to know that our brother, my brother and my mother's son is still missing out there. And if you have any information, please come forward regarding his disappearance. If you were in our situation, in our boat, we would help you in any way possible. Please help us in any way you can. You do know the people that he might have possibly been with that night? Don't say any names. That he was hanging out with a certain crowd from the time that he came back from visiting my brother in Arkansas. So it was a short period of time. Um... That's all we know about
1: that. Do you know the people personally? I mean, what the type of people they are? Or are they not good people, good people?
2: They're not good people. They have a long record of going um, to jail for narcotics and never doing prison time. They get out just the day after. And just something needs to be done in our Georgetown area to prevent this. It seems like when they go to jail for narcotics, they're out the very next day. It's like they don't stay in jail long enough. I mean, I don't understand it. Um, we as his family, we just want and found. We want to have closure um, and justice. We're just a grieving family that want that. And I think that us as a grieving family, we deserve that just as everyone else. I miss my son so much. I mean, we were really close. Um. I sleep with his shirt every night and cry in it. I so want my son. Failed so much. If you can please help and come forward, I beg you. Thank you. God bless.
0: Okay, y'all. Um That was pretty intense. That was his mom and sister before there was... A conclusion or more evidence found and that was a really great introduction to who I'll be speaking with today who is Harry's brother um, his name is Chris crib so he's the one that they mentioned that drove all the way from Arkansas and whatnot so I'm about to get him on the phone and let's hear what he has to say about all of this right so today I'm talking with Christopher um I am really glad that you're willing to talk to me like we have spoken a few times and established that there are so many layers to this and it's an ongoing case so um yeah there's there's so much to it and I don't know where to start (laughs) <laughs> Except maybe um, where it all started for you. Uh, this is definitely like we know the same people. We've never met in person, but your sister reached out to me, and I'm just like, this is an unbelievable, crazy story that we have to share with the world. Um, where do you want to start? Oh, it started
3: for me one day. I was at work, and my mom was in Arkansas, where I live, visiting. And she calls me up and says she hasn't heard from my brother. She can't get a hold of him. And his roommates can't get a hold of him, hasn't heard from him. So the weekend goes by, and then Monday, comes and they filed a missing person's report and still no word of them
0: did you guys have to wait a certain um like x amount of time to file the missing person report
3: well since the roommates hadn't heard from from friday till monday we did not have to
0: wait oh good okay at least you got it rolling gotcha
3: And from there, my mom starts to freak out. So she drives straight from Arkansas back to South Carolina. And they start looking around and stuff. And i just kind of waiting. I just kind of waiting. I waited two weeks before I went down there.
0: God, that must have been agonizing.
3: Oh, God. I don't, I don't know, like, it, I kind of was already expecting the worst because it's not like him to just disappear, so. Yeah. I kind of already knew something happened.
4: Yeah. I don't know. I had this urge, like, I was going to go down there, and
0: I don't know, there was just this feeling, like, I don't, I don't know. I was gonna
3: go down there. Yeah. I wasn't sure if I was gonna find anything, but I, I just had feelings.
0: Dude, you followed. Okay, that's a great place to take it. I mean, you followed your gut and your instinct, which is what like I always try to tell people, and you know, just like go with your gut. And it sounds like it led to steps that got you some answers.
3: I needed some money to get go down there and have extra money, so I did a couple side jobs along with my full-time job, so. Damn. I was like, I was like, already started working, like, figuring things out, getting in contact with pe- people, going by what I heard. Yeah. Because at first started, like, he was going to meet two guys at a hotel to trade a gun out and well it turns out that deal never happened so
0: so that was a cover up story right
3: well it was a real story oh okay gotcha they went to the hotel but they never made the trade got it and then so two weeks came and I packed my family up and I took my boat all the way down there. We drove straight through. As soon as I got there, I went and got breakfast, and I immediately started looking. A couple family members was going with me the first two days, me looking. I looked in Georgetown County and Williamsburg County, looking at, checking obvious places, even looking around where he, where his roommate, him and his roommates lived. It's just because, you know, you don't know. I'm just going by whatever I felt. You know, I, I didn't know if they had anything to do with it or not. And on the third day, I was extremely tired, so I slept in. And I woke up and I was like, I'm gonna go check the rivers so, and uh, I was going to this one river but something told me to, go to the other river in town and that's what I did I put in and just started following it back up river and checking the creeks and I get toward the end of it to Chavis Landing and I'm coming around the curve and I see this white shadow in the water. And I thought it was like a T-top to a boat, but I get closer and I could see like a trunk. And I knew it immediately it was my brother's car. And I throw, I throw my anchor out, park, pull my guns out, because I don't know who's around me or who's watching me. And I call 911. First, arrival was fired in EMS, and then sheriff's department. And then they had me come up to the landing. And then they wanted me to mark the car. And I had a fishing magnet, just a piece of rope, and a life jacket. I had to mark it because the, the tide was turning; it was coming back up.
0: And it was low tide when you saw it, right?
3: Yeah, the crazy thing was my brother-in-law and a couple other people had done drove through that way, but they drove through that high tide. No, in their boats? Right. Yeah, my Uh, brother-in-law said he felt his motor hit something. No. But it was high tide, so he like drove over
0: it. Oh my god. For the first three hours, there I couldn't talk to anyone or call anyone. Yeah. But it ended up getting out and then my family was on one side of caution tape and I was on one side and we basically waited three hours to see if he was in the car
3: or not. Wow. And he wasn't and they stripped the whole car out, carpet, everything, ready to go. It was completely cleaned out. And from after I found the car and I was just like, I don't know, something just changed me. I I was very determined.
4: Oh yeah. So
3: the next day we did a water search. Had to break daylight and my family We was all out there already searching all the creeks and up and down the rivers. By the time the Sheriff's Department Fire and Rescue got there, we had to search every square inch. We found nothing. And then I started searching around Jabez Landing property. And toward the front of the property, down this pathway, I found these pants that had stains on them and they were hanging out a grocery bag Whoa. and I, I was hiding in the woods until I called an investigator until he came out there and when he came, he, he picked them up and they had two, piece, there was two pieces of rope in the pockets hanging out. And that was. James Lennon's less than a half a mile from where Shelby was staying.
0: Wait, let's say and who that person is real quick. Who's Shelby?
3: Shel- Shelby was the girl that he, he was seeing, I guess.
4: Mm hmm. And
3: she claimed that. He was supposed to come see her Friday night, like she sent me text messages of them talking back and forth. And apparently he never showed up. So and I I've talked I even went to her house like right after I found the car. Before I found the car and after I found the car I went up.
0: So that is like an automatic suspicious thing right off the bat, because it's not like that was the last person that saw him alive. She it's still like incriminating regardless. Yeah. So from there, I was just searching every empty house or anything along the road. Like fallen birds, any kind of
3: smell or any, any dark road, wherever. Yeah. And then, you know, I ran out of time trying to find him, so I had to go back to Arkansas back home. And then I just kept working it through f- friends and, and investigators. Right. And, But the first week he was missing, he, uh, Shelby made a Facebook post of him, her saying that she missed him, they were gonna get married, have kids, and have a future. And then she was sad, he was gone, had a week of him missing. We didn't know if he was dead or not. And right. like she's, she's talking like he's dead. Yeah. So that made me real suspicious, but I didn't have, that's the only thing I had to go by. So I kept hanging on to that and following every story I'd hear through other people talking, which would go to dead end roads. And then...
0: Because how can yeah. you trust anybody, like, when you're going through that and the information you get, I can only imagine that's another layer of just, ugh, fucking anxiety to it.
3: You don't trust it, but then again, you will follow it. the stupidest things, stupidest stories just to see where they go because yeah. you're just that, that eager to find them or find what happened.
0: Exactly.
3: And just to rule it out.
5: Exactly. I mean, I've heard everything from when other people's told investigators from interviews
3: to people telling me to my face that, that maybe, to ask the person who found the car where he is, he must be the one that done it because I he found so. the car.
0: Oh, my God that's crazy Whew. well damn so well and then other,
3: they just kept shares department they just kept leaning towards where we found a car the people that lived there cause that's all we had to go by right and then it went to this the other guy and the more they kept leaning towards him and I kinda got, I got in contact with him. And the more he kinda wanna help to prove it wasn't him. And from there, he kinda, he was my help from back home.
0: He really became like a key person in this entire thing, didn't he?
3: He was my key person.
0: Absolutely. He
3: was like... He was like my inside guy to could go do anything I needed or go look somewhere. Yeah. And... Then I had a couple other people helping me. And one day, one of my friends heard a story this lady saying she knew what happened said that my brother was shot five times burned and chopped up they would never find him and so from there to the investigators and that gave them enough to get a search warrant. Good. And, which they they found nothing and then so
0: Where was the search warrant for?
3: For Shelby's house.
0: Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And they found nothing, but also this is not a stellar police department to say the yeah, least. Yeah,
3: they also s- took her and questioned her
0: several times. Wow.
3: And then I had a couple friends that got close around her and started recording stuff around her. Nice and one day she just started telling somebody a story of what happened and then got that returned over to, to the investigators and she kind of figured out what was going on and she decides to call the investigators and tell her she Tell him that she would take him to the body.
4: And
3: <gasps> we actually already had his location on the body if they would have waited through the weekend. And when they, when she took him to the body, to where his, his remains were, the only way that they could. They were 99.9% sure that it was him, it was because my brother used to have a dog that he loved a lot. It passed away, so he kept the dog collar. And when they burned all his stuff out of his car with him, the metal dog tag didn't burn. That was along with his remains. Oh, my God. In which, after they burned him and everything and chopped up remains that was left, they put him in a duffel bag that was his and put it by a tree and left it.
2: By a tree? And I'm
3: assuming that animals got to it because his remains were scattered all.
0: was the first to find... Okay, so she actually took them to the spot? Yes. And told them, okay, because she wanted wanted to save her own ass when it comes down to it and people get caught.
3: She's getting a deal whether to admit it or not. Yep. Accessory after defect. Oh my
0: god. That is so fucking infuriating.
3: When it has been proven that those was, that wasn't him texting back that Friday night, because he did not text like that. Oh. And what was She the, sent me screenshots of the text.
0: Oh, like it was her and him back and forth.
3: It was from Eric his and Shelby back and forth on my brother's phone.
0: And, yeah, he's a whole other story.
3: Story goes, we'll never know the full truth. Story goes, Shelby shot him in the stomach. They finished him off, point blank range in the head. And then they rolled him in a, a carpet and took him out there.
0: Oh, my God burned him and chopped him up. And that's so crazy, but your brother's love for his dog that passed, like his love, like it, it is the evidence that led and your instincts, like no doubt, I feel like he, how can anyone's soul be at rest when there's, you know, you got to get that justice, man. And it's like, the, at least is horrendous, but at least answers, you know, are coming. <clears throat> During several interviews with
3: you know, Eric's family, Eric's dad, Randy, admitted to melted down guns in which they're not going to do nothing about because <gasps> they claim that they don't have enough evidence to do anything.
0: That. And you know so
3: what? Just out.
0: I just pulled up this article from like the Post and Courier and um, it says that authorities were, are going to process the vehicle for evidence as part of the continuing investigation. So that's all bullshit, right? It's actually, it never went into evidence for nothing. So
3: it actually went straight to, the, to the record company in the pool of the <gasps> car out is still sitting in their yard. You're kidding! It's it, it set out in the yard in the weather the whole time.
0: And here it is that that is the uh, you know the public uh, statement that the police department has been giving uh, Williamsburg County.
3: Well, I can't knock down Williamsburg County a whole lot. Okay, my bad. They, They were fighting against Georgetown County. Well. Because she was having to come cross county lines.
0: Right.
3: And Georgetown County claimed that they were working with them, but they weren't. They were basically saying, this is your problem. You work it. (sighs) But if you find something, we'll help you.
0: See, that's a big problem.
3: (laughs) Yeah. When... uh, When... The story came up that Eric was involved. I then started stalking him through Facebook and found out Noticed he was seeing a girl.
0: Wait, are there two there are two are there two Eric's?
3: Just one Eric.
0: One Eric and then uh, the one that helped you is What's the one it- that helped your inside guy.
3: He's just a good friend.
0: No, what's the name? Sorry, what are we calling him? Sean. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Sorry, I just wanted to clarify. In my bad. And Eric, when, when he came in the story, I
3: started stalking him through Facebook reading through all his posts, his post was either uh, downgrading some girl, or talking about killing somebody, fighting somebody, dogging somebody down, so that really caught my attention. Wow. And then, when I noticed he was dating this girl, so I started stalking her, trying to figure out what Eric is. Hell yeah, I'd be
0: stalking everyone.
3: I was talking for like a month, and I figured out that she went to Columbia College in South Carolina, and, and one day I just got tired of stalking him through social media, and I, was, I wrote it on the page, I was like, hey, I know your boyfriend. Mm killed my brother and then i also messaged him i said i know what you did to my brother i said
4: i saw that oh
3: my god if you got anything to say about it you can give me a call and he was dumb enough to give me a call no because i needed his phone number i talked with him for like two hours
0: holy shit
3: and several times actually
0: you talked to him oh my god
3: and I would just listen to him
0: you're smart and he's just he's so full of shit big
3: headed and self centered damn and then This girl graduates, his girlfriend graduates from college and they move to Tennessee where Eric and his family is from and they stay there about a week and I guess (laughs) she finds out what he's really like. Yeah. and decides she wants to get out of, out of there and she calls her parents and her parents come pick her up and Oof. and then I guess that following week she decides to contact me to see if, how true my story was Oh, shit. And then she decided to want to know more, so I start telling her everything.
0: Cause she probably already had her suspicions at that point if she called mom and dad. After, so. yeah.
3: Everything that happened there, she started getting her suspicions, mm. and then we start talking, and one day she just just says something like, she. He would tell her stuff, you know, it takes a lot of diesel fuel and tires to burn a body. Oh my God. Oh and, my uh, God. And then she got to tell me about these keys that got mixed into her stuff moving. So I have her send me a picture of them and I send them back to, and I send them to my brother's old roommates. And they turned out, he says, they look just like my master keys. and. I gave your brother a master key, and so the investigators go up there and meet with her and get statements and the, the keys, and then they come straight back and go to where my brother was staying, and the keys open the key opened up the house.
0: Oh my God.
3: And that's what made it from hearsay evidence or proof that he really did have something to do with it.
0: Oh my God! Wow! Holy shit! Well, uh, with that being said, let's um, let's pause real quick, and we will come right back if that works for you. Okay. All right, cool. Thanks, Chris. Be back in a minute. Okay, so uh, Chris is telling his side of the story. And pretty much where we left off was he started to investigate more about um, Eric and his girlfriend at the time. Is that, am I on track? Yeah. Okay, cool. So if you just want to like pick up, I am so excited that we have Maya here and uh, she is the former girlfriend of Eric, right? And you didn't?
3: Yeah.
0: Okay. And you, how did you reach out to her? Was it via Facebook?
3: She reached out. Oh. Uh, Okay. I come wrote on our wall, on our Facebook page that. Were you nice? Her, uh, said her boyfriend killed my brother.
0: Holy shit.
3: And then I'm gonna let Maya pick up from there. What happened there?
0: Okay.
5: So, initially, when I saw that he had made a comment on my Facebook page, I was definitely very alarmed and was kind of, you know, wondering, oh, my God, what's going on? What's happening? You know, the same things that anybody would think when they see a horrid comment like that oh on a Oh, my page. God. No kidding. And then, goodness gracious, I ended up actually meeting up with Eric that night took us out to Rio's Brazilian Steakhouse, ironically, right, you know, like, hey, fancy dinner, you know, like, let's try to ignore the fact that somebody just hit me up about Oh,
0: their- <laughs> timing is everything.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, right? And yes. It was just so wild. He literally blocked him off my page because we both shared each other's passwords, so mm. he took it upon himself to go and delete the thread from when him and christopher cribs spoke on his facebook page and completely got rid of that and deleted it and his thing about it was oh i didn't want you to freak out you know i just wanted you to know everything was okay you know i don't know why he was accusing me of that i had nothing to do with it i don't even know the guy kind of deal Mm. and then he blamed girl shelby i think for doing all of it (laughs) and i was just like um okay still very unsettling regardless i don't." had literally nothing to do with it or not why is somebody accusing you of this and it's just at the time you know like since you were with somebody you kind of wanted to maybe believe them but as time went on and as he became more abusive and Mm. terrible and absolutely horrid towards me yeah I think No, I really think I believe that wholeheartedly now like all the pieces are coming together you know with all the things I've experienced the stuff I've seen like I wholeheartedly believe that he's capable of doing this and potentially even may have murdered other people you know just crazy shit my question
0: real quick is did you realize this when you guys were still together or was this like after you stepped back from the situation kind of and then like observed it from there because I just know for me personally in survival mode my brain will just make crazy ass excuses because we're in survival mode and we don't even know it (laughs) you know what I mean were you guys still together when you realized that this probably was not just an accusation
5: yeah, um, I started to kind of put the pieces together about a month before I left him because he had become physically abusive after he was already pretty emotionally and verbally abusive, very controlling and stuff like that. So eventually I was just like, uh-uh, I believe this. I mean, he was even threatening to kill me, threatening to kill my family. I mean, this dude was like oh my god, crazy, literally. So... I started to kind of put the pieces together a lot when we were still together for the last three weeks to a month because it just, something didn't seem right. And then after I left him and my mother came all the way up to Tennessee to take me back home to South Carolina, I had started just sitting about sitting in my room, thinking about it. And I was just like, you know what, I think I'm actually going to hit up Christopher Crib and some other people that I know for a fact he had spoken to or had dealings with in the past. And just get their side of the story because being in a situation as a victim, a battered woman, dealing with Stockholm Syndrome and just yes. being in so much grief and denial about all these different things. You just watch so badly to hear somebody else validate experiences exactly. that you exactly about validation so I had reached out to some of his former exes and people like his friends that he had dealt with and them even took it upon himself (laughs) to reach out to me and literally all of them had the same exact story oh he's crazy oh my god he was abusive he's literally the worst person I've ever met and I'm like oh my god it was horrifying the stuff that these women said that he did to them And then his ex-roommates Conrad and Nate all said that he tried to get Nate set up and sent to prison and that was supposed to be one of his closest friends and roommates that was always there for him and helped him out. (laughs) And then his friend Conrad, that was also a former roommate of his, he went out of his way to help him out when he didn't even have a job or a place to stay. Brought him into his home just to have a bunch of his stuff stolen, literally thousands of dollars worth of stuff, no. I eatstakes mean, taken from him, just crazy, absolutely uh, apprehensible stuff. No. And then I was thinking, wow, literally this dude lied to me about everything. So eventually, after I had finally reached out to Christopher Crib. And I started talking to him, and he was like, yeah. He was like, what did Eric tell you? This is what I know, or this is what the rumor is going around Georgetown. He's wanted for murder. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Literally. Oh, my God. insane. And then I even had a few other people that he previously did dealings with out in Georgetown, South Carolina, say that he was wanted for murder and I'm like, Are you serious? I was thinking when he got into all these police chases, it was just because he had a bad tag and that's why they were behind him. That's what he was alluding at this whole time. Not that he was wanted for murder. No wonder he was trying to haul ass out of the city so quickly and move out of state and do all this other things like
0: were you guys together when the car wreck happened with the the crazy chase and everything with the news footage?
5: Thankfully when he crashed what used to be our V12 Mercedes, no, I was not with him. He was actually trying to come back and get me after I had left him and fleeed the state of Tennessee. That's where he got caught up, and he was trying to come back and get me, and I'm glad that they were able to find him and stop him there because, honestly, that's probably the best thing that could have happened.
0: No kidding. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is terrifying.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. What did he he tell you one of those times when y'all were going from his grandma's house to his aunt's house? about
5: what he would do to you as you cheated on Oh, yeah, there were so many things when I would be going from point A to point B at his grandmother's house to, like, his Aunt Debbie's house, and he would be like, oh, yeah, you see all of these fields out here? If you ever cheat on me, you'll be buried under one of these hay bales or part
0: of this field or whatever and I was like oh great holy shit so it's like you don't even know until you really know like is this just abusive fucking behavior because it's not something like that happens every day um or you know is this just like threats and fear or is it more than that and holy fuck yeah wow Mm -hmm.
5: mhm Most definitely and it's just like literally the more that I found out about it or the more that I open up and tell the story the it gets worse. It doesn't get better. Like it just continues. It gets worse. It gets crazier, more horrifying. (laughs) You can only imagine.
0: Dude, I'm just glad that you got out unscathed and, um, that you were able to connect with, uh, Christopher and yeah. And get the real information from each other. Yeah. You guys just definitely helped each other out and, um, yeah i don't know y'all either <laughs> but like i feel like i do now after talking to christopher and and getting the whole deal and the weird thing is like he sent me lots of screenshots and pictures and like stephanie and certain people like i have known i used to work with in georgetown at Buzz's Roost a long time ago so it's Hi. like even that much more mind-blowing because this is like Insane. And I know that the county is crooked from like my own personal experiences back in the day. So yeah. What else I don't know. You can
3: tell her about when we got to the keys and stuff.
5: Oh yes. This was also just completely mind dropping as well. So Of course, since me and him were planning on living together and we had all of our stuff basically conjoined in the same space, Mm
4: -hmm. we
5: had, you know, a lot of our stuff together. He had a lot of my stuff up in Tennessee even after I left. And even when I came home, I noticed that there are a bunch of things that were his, you know, intertwined with my belongings as well. And the crazy thing about the keys was, we ended up getting them after we went to Andrews to retrieve the title for the BMW before he sold it to a gentleman who lives in Georgia. Um. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the many cars he got in the police chase.
0: <laughs> he was a mechanic, right? <laughs> yes, he okay, was. Okay, so yeah, that kind of makes sense. Okay.
5: And what makes it so wild is. I remember shortly after we left his parents' place and we got the keys, bags full of his clothes and shoes and a whole bunch of other things including the BMW title so he could sell it. I ended up picking up the keys because he just randomly threw them to me after we were trying to get in the car and make it out of there without getting in yet another police chase.
0: Oh my god.
5: yeah, because <laughs> they said, oh, yeah, be ready just in case something goes down. We might have to run into the woods or hide out all night. You never know. And I'm just like, oh, how fun. Yay. Oh no. <laughs> so I remember being handed the keys and I just knew looking at them and feeling the energy that came from my Like, there's something weird and something like there's really off about this. Like, <sighs> you know, how you just that feeling
4: yes and
5: know something is wrong that's how i felt instantly like when i was holding them and then i remember i ended up asking him when we were sitting in a target parking lot after we finally got settled and we were finally starting to drive out of andrews and make our way back to columbia that i held him up and i asked him i said so like what is this because i noticed there was this tiny cute little wrench keychain on the set of keys and it spoke to me and i was just like this is interesting i've never seen anything like this before it was very unique and i asked him what it was and then he said oh yeah that is a trophy from the deceased and i was (gasps) like what the fuck you are sick
0: (laughs) oh my god
5: And I was like, he's always making jokes. He's always trying to be a comedian. Are you just joking right now? Or are you actually being for real? Are you, what? Oh my God.
3: Oh my God. And the the little wrench deal, someone like those were handed out during a shutdown, a big maintenance project on the paper mill.
0: Oh, so very specific.
3: so, yeah, it was specific all the way down to the serial number.
0: So, Maya, what would you do after you got the keys and you felt weird about it? Like, what was your next step? Did you get in touch with Christopher or, like, the cops? Or what happened next?
5: Oh, I actually was still in my dorm at the time, and they actually were just sitting in a drawer in my dorm because i was just so preoccupied with trying to get my driver's license finished my senior year of college i was yeah. dealing with my dealing with him so i had so many different things on my mind that he just said oh yeah well you can just throw them in your room somewhere no big deal you know and i was just like okay not knowing at the time i just thought nothing of it and threw them in a drawer in my dorm up until i graduated and moved out right and this was probably three weeks to a month before I had moved out and went to Nashville to live with him in what we thought was going to be the rest of forever, but right. it's definitely. <laughs> yeah. So they ended up staying within my belongings the whole time from going from point A to point B to point C and everything, getting moved out of my dorm to being put in our Yukon to going into his grandmother's house oh, they ended, yeah. st- ended up staying with my stuff they ended up staying in one of my drawers it went from the drawer in my dorm room to being in the drawer where I kept a lot of my toiletries and stuff like that in my bathroom
4: mm-hmm.
5: and the dorm and then after I finally fleed Nashville and got away from him and I took pretty much all the stuff I could possibly get and remember to take with me I ended up remembering that the keys were still with me after I was talking to Christopher Cribb on the phone, and we were just comparing notes, sharing stories, and trying to remember literally anything that we could yes. about Harry's murder and all the proceedings and stuff having to do with that. So I ended up picking up the keys, and I was like, hey, you know, I remember I have these keys sitting here. Hold up a second. So... I send him a picture of the keys and then he's like wait a second can you send me a picture of the serial number on that wrench i believe and then i'm like okay so i try to maneuver my camera and get the most focused image i can of the wrench and the serial number contained within it and then he was like i'll be damned kind of thing he was like that's my brothers like oh my god kind of thing and then. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i mean that's serial numbers you can't yep. yeah
5: yes oh my gosh and then also like come to think of it i believe there was also a key that belonged to the roommate that was his brother's house or apartment or something like that connected to that same set of keys as well Shit. and Yeah. We were just like, wow, this doesn't confirm that he definitely did it or definitely had something to do with it. I don't know what does because why do you have this and why did you say the stuff that you did about it? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
4: like, so exactly.
0: yeah, that is that's such a fucking haunting comment. Mm-hmm. That is literally, oh my god, I and haven't, then it was just like, yeah. Um,
5: Having it in your house was so weird, too, because I had it in my home for maybe about, like, three weeks to a month or so before I finally gave it to law enforcement to submit for evidence, and it was just so weird. I'm like, oh, wow, isn't this just great? I have murder evidence in my house. Yay. Oh, dude, do you know
0: how many times I've, like, yeah, just hung on to, it, like, exactly, been in that situation, <laughs> college, you lived together, and, you know, it turns out to be a piece of shit, but, um... If it makes you feel any better i do have an episode called i kissed a murderer and (laughs) so so yeah that's another story but um did you ever meet harry in person
5: no i never did i'm not from georgetown or any area down there and i've never actually been
0: (laughs) so he wasn't around you all the time so he had time to like fuck around and do whatever because you're in columbia and he's in georgetown at that time right like yes, previously, he
3: was- okay. They, they did not meet till after my brother's death.
0: Wow. Okay.
3: Shit. She he basically used her for a getaway.
0: Definitely. <sighs> <sighs> I like have so many questions, but I'm like I'm all over the place. My brain is just like what, just bouncing around. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, uh, so you handed it over to law enforcement, and did that get the ball rolling judicially as far as, like, being able to get the warrant?
3: Well, yeah, he, he was had a warrant for his arrest for over three months, but when he did that car chase, he had to sit in each county that he ran from. Oh, he sh- went through three counties, and he had to serve a little over a month in each county before they could go pick him up.
0: Damn. So then uh, they yeah. brought him back to South Carolina after that, right? Yeah. Okay, so that was in Tennessee. And okay.
3: He went he had his pre-trial in Georgetown and then the following couple days he had another pretrial in Williamsburg County for transport human remains. Oh, my God.
0: Was he, so was he in custody for a different charge, like, like for whatever, try to outrun the police when this all yeah. came about and they like, already had his ass, so it was, okay, got you. Like,
3: Maya, Maya said a cop will get up behind him and he just all laughs. Oh, my
0: God.
3: <laughs> yeah, he yeah. was just-
5: for getting a police chase and he would just always love to brag about how he got away too and I'm just like okay oh
0: yeah you can't run forever shit yeah
5: definitely I mean every time I was in the car with him I felt like there was the potential that we would get into a police chase so we actually did get into a very short lived police chase out in it was in Tennessee I'm trying to remember which county it was started with a Y I think I told Christopher Cribb about it
0: before. Good Lord. But that's terrifying. The
5: state preacher, I think, spotted the fact that he seemed a little suspicious or the tag on the back of the car might have been bad. So he started to pursue a chase on us when we were getting ready to head back to South Carolina the one time. And Eric decided to haul ass. He started out at 90 miles per hour. And then I think he got up to like a fast as the bmw would go at 130 miles per hour just zooming around every single car and at that point you're here you know what for the sake of you know my own life and the people's life around us please just do whatever it takes to get away and please don't hit anybody you know like when you're in that survival mode you know that's what you're thinking you're just like you know what do whatever it takes to get away please just don't hurt us or anybody else you know and then after about 30 seconds the state trooper he gave up on the chase because there was no way he was going to get him. He was practically already in the next
0: county. <laughs> oh, my God. And I can't help it because, yeah. like, I'm, like, diagnosing him. I'm like, he's definitely got histrionic personality. Goodbye. bye. But- <laughs> I can't help it. I'm a nurse. I'm like, me, me. So, yeah, it sounds like, um, yeah, yeah, it sounds like he was out of fucking control. Did um, did he ever, when... Shelby said everything. Did he like deny involvement? Did he deny still, deny?
3: still, from this day, even getting stuff trying to get stuff from inside of jail out of with me reaching other people, he still will not talk. He will deny it, even knowing Harry. <laughs> to ever know ahead.
0: Yeah. And, uh, so there's a lot of, speaking of like on the inside, that seems like there's some inside knowledge that, um, if you wouldn't have gotten as well, you know, besides the, the serial number on the, the key chain and everything, like, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm just thinking like cell phones and like, were he, uh, sorry, were he and Shelby like friends? Were they like drug buddies, were they just
3: um, mutual? They, they used to live down. They used to live down from each other, and I have no clue what kind of relationship they had or
5: Yeah knew. Yeah, me either. I think he even denied knowing Shelby or having any dealings like with her in the past. I think that maybe one time I asked before I d- discovered what I did from Christopher Christopher and he tried to reach out to Eric, and then. I remember when I was talking to him and his parents and everybody and Andrews when we went to pick up his stuff. They had brought up, you know, the case and they said something about, oh, yeah, well, didn't Shelby do all that? Like, yeah, I don't understand why they keep, you know, thinking that you had some sort of involvement with it. Are they crazy? It clearly was Shelby. You know, they just trying to place and project all the blame onto her. God.
0: Yeah. I can't yeah I don't know (laughs) oh my god but what both of you guys have been through is like completely like unimaginable I mean yeah somehow there is a little bit of light in the darkness like as far as connections and being able to um share the story and know that like you're not totally alone like um it's amazing how many people I've talked to and have connected with that including myself, have, like, uh, someone who was missing, a loved one, and um, my friend was murdered in a foreign country also, so, like, I feel that, like, whew, I feel that pain. Um, uh, it, w- I don't no, know, you guys. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Uh, uh, so you got away from him you're back in Columbia right you turn the information in. you and Christopher are in contact um, mm-hmm. sh- so Shelby and he are then at that time incarcerated because there's enough evidence for both of them right yes yeah, she's obviously got some kind of deal because she's
3: only arrested for her accessory after the fact and she's actually out on bond right now. Jesus Christ.
0: Y'all look out here. Eric,
3: Eric will, will not get Eric will not get bond because he's a flight risk.
0: Okay, yeah, clearly. Well, good. Um, damn. It When uh, it, like, as far as judicially for Shelby, what's, like, coming up next? Like, what? I know it's such a fucking process. It's got to be frustrating. I don't
3: know.
0: Just kind of I, waiting right there. Eric,
3: Eric has another hearing at the end of June. But
0: Are you I'm going to go in person Shelby or can you, like, Zoom it or something?
3: The family will Zoom. Yeah. Will Zoom me. But Shelby, I imagine she'll be out till a court date.
0: Damn, whenever that is, yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: I just don't understand. It's such a senseless fucking thing. Let me ask a crazy question. Um, Did he brag about doing anything else? Do you think, is there any other suspicions that are like, I don't know, you think he killed anyone else?
3: Well, there is this one thing where I was listening to a phone conversation around Randy one day, and Randy goes, "Randy is Eric's dad." And he said, "I know Eric has some keys, but I thought them belonged to the Harry Woodruff, which is the other Harry that's missing in Georgetown."
5: What? And then he he backs himself up real quick and changes it. Oh my okay. God. It's so chilling because I didn't know at first if he was actually like just trying to say stuff to scare me or if he was like being for real because like in that moment you're just so afraid, like stuck survival mode, like overly in your root chakra, you're just out, right? Oh my god. And there would be times where he would say, Oh yeah, well you know what happens to snitches, Ooh. alluding to the fact that him and his father would go out and like kill them or murder them off if they snitch on anything that they have going on illegally or something. And then there was a couple times where he even just told me stories like, oh, yeah, I remember he called me off of a burner number. This was like around the time when we first. Met maybe like over a month after we had been talking and everything, and I was already kind of like scared, senseless dealing with him. And I'm in a really dark place mentally, too. So I, How I
0: could really you just not be, quit. yes.
5: Oh my goodness. So he ended up calling me off the burner number and he was just like, oh, yeah, well, you better not be fucking recording this or telling anybody. And I was just sitting there like choked up on my bed, you know, in the wee hours of the night thinking, oh, my God, what the hell is going on? And then he said, oh, yeah. So this is basically the story of what happened. And he was speaking like really low and what sounded like an environment where like either him or like his dad or like barely nobody was around. And he was like, so... You know, there was this time where I was at this girl's house, like living with them or around them or something like that. And he was like, "I hated this fucking guy that was there." You know, I'm trying to recall the story to the best of my ability because this was like over a year ago, and he said this. But he mentioned how he literally saw the guy raping his friend. That was the girl. Jesus. And he said that he took it into his own hands because he was like, oh, I already hated that fucking bastard anyway. And then I saw him raping that girl. So I took the gun and I fucking shot and killed his ass kind of thing. And then I was like, oh my God. And I'm just like, well, thinking from a woman's perspective or just a logical perspective to begin with, I'm just like, well, in self-defense or to like save somebody, you know, it's just like, i'm not saying i'm for like senseless violence or murdering somebody yeah. but you know defending you and somebody else you know like i'm not you know as disturbed by it you know what yeah. i mean so told that particular story i wasn't like so thrown back by it you know as it would have been if he said oh yeah i stalked this girl and then i kidnapped her and killed her you know it's a little bit of a different thing that of course
0: he's like uh trying to throw in some <laughs> justification there like he's a stoic hero or some bullshit right yeah. to make do it you same. think that was just a bullshit story and he just you know senselessly took someone else's life most likely
5: honestly i don't really know it might have some ray of truth to it but honestly the most chilling part of that story is like towards the very end when he was done telling it and he was like and i would fucking do it again and <gasps> i was like I'm-
0: <laughs> oh my god was there ever like a certain time that he would like did he like get loose lipped when emotions were heightened or like when he was drinking or like doing something else, maybe a different substance? Or was there any particular time that you're like, Oh fuck, it's coming? Like mm-hmm. no. There was
5: definitely times like when he would get really mad or he would, you know, assume or think I was cheating on him and I literally never did, but I'm pretty sure he cheated on me where he would, you know, like act a certain type of way. I remember he said something weird when we first started talking, but I feel like what his mental game with his psychopathy and fucking God complex and yeah. all his other mental delusions, he tries to make it seem like he just jokes about everything. He's just a fucking comedian. That's but what
0: narcissist
5: was- do, yes. hmm He tries to disguise a lot of his real intentions and stuff that he actually does with jokes. So I was like, hmm... He, he said a laughing emoji one time when we like first started talking. I feel like just trying to test the waters to see what I would do. It was like, yeah, you would never fucking kill somebody. And I'm just like, who even brings that up in a conversation? I'm like, that's just weird. And my response was, I'm like, well, if it was a self-defense, yeah, I think I would do that to save myself. If it was justified, but like just senseless killing, um, duh, no, i <coughs> Kind of thing. So that was one of really weird, awkward time, And then... There was even this incident when I was still in college and he got like super pissed at me because he was super jealous and pissed off that I would post certain things on social media and I would get like various attention for it whether it was you know provocative or not he hated when another man would like like my picture or hit me up because he was just so ridiculously insecure and jealous all the time
0: and you went and- to a girl- all girls college right I, I had friends that went yeah. to the same okay so that's even more ridiculous <laughs> yeah okay.
5: Absolutely. And then on top of that, he got so mad that he actually like logged into my social media. He would like lock me out of my accounts. And the one time he like actually got so upset that he went and he deleted all the pictures that he quote unquote didn't like or approve of off of my social media. Wow. And in night he was threatening to kill himself and he said if you call the fucking police, and not only am I gonna, you know, take my own life, but I'm gonna take two innocent with me. And he oh. was literally holding. A blade to his wrist, and he was trying to hear me. It was so wild. I'm like, oh my God. That was one of the moments where I really was starting to be like, I need to get away from this dude. Like, this is like way too much. But I was like so afraid still. Of Of course.
0: How long were you guys together, all in all? We
5: were together for almost a year you know between talking being officially in a relationship so what a a
0: ride did he ever open up about any childhood stuff like uh i mean i know sometimes it's people can come from the same place and turn out to be completely opposite but like what happened did mommy leave like what happened is there any Um.
5: from what he described his childhood as being you would think he was the poster child for adverse childhood experiences and abuse i mean wow his parents are very abusive towards each other they are always domestically abusing each other always physically fighting that's literally all they do all day he said oh all my my all day is fight and fuck that's all they do
0: that sounds like my exes and that's why they're exes
5: (laughs) absolutely I swear to you it's so sick it's just like no you energy vampire like no (laughs) you're not about to do that to me but yeah he used to get I guess, like, the shit knocked out of him from his father. And he even showed me a couple of pictures back when he was still living at his parents' place when we first started talking of, like, where his father would give him black eyes and beat the shit out of him. And anybody, you know, would see that, you know, and feel bad at first. Like, oh, wow, you know, like, your right. dad just slapped the shit out of you or you and your brother got in a fight and you have a black eye. So it's just a lot of violence, a lot of poverty-stricken stuff. Yeah. There was a point in time where... And then his family were doing well off with his father being a mechanic, and he had, like, good credit, and they had a really great house. But I think part of what hurt that is not only both of his parents being really irresponsible, but also from, you know, him acting and getting in so much trouble as a child. He said he was always in and out of, like, mental health hospitals... And stuff like that for threatening to kill himself, mm. trying to get people's sympathy to get out of trouble. It's just like he's very well aware of what he's doing, so yeah. That's just another of trying to manipulate it really him. He really ain't
3: killed himself yet.
5: Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's just like you're about to be what, me and him are like the same exact age, really like a month apart. I'm turning twenty three next month and he'll be turning twenty three in July. So Dude, it's that's like So, so much definitely. to go
0: through at but- such a young age. It's like <laughs> Chris can make fun of me because I'm an old lady and he's been joking about that, but <laughs> seriously, that is so much, like, trauma and shit to go through. Uh...
3: Well, his dad is also a meth head.
0: Okay, that's a big problem, yeah. And,
3: see, like, were... I remember seeing him. I used to work for a logging company, big outfit, and they would hire his dad. They work on trucks when they had a bunch of trucks that needed to be fixed, and I remember seeing him and Eric. Wow. And Eric's daddy did work at a place together with my brother at one time.
0: Was there ever any bad blood?
3: No. I mean, Randy's a really, really quiet guy. And he will work like two or three days straight and then disappear. And that's myth.
5: Right. And that's the same thing his family would say about him, too, back when I would visit or was like briefly living in Nashville and hanging out with some of his family up there. Yeah. They would all say the same stuff about... Randy and they would always tell Eric all the time, like, Oh my god,
0: you're so much like father, you look like him, you talk like him, you work like him, like, literally, oh my you god. Know. So, holy shit was there, speaking of like family and people, you know, you got to speak to people. Um, and sorry, speaking of meth, there's like a person just screaming walking down the street because I'm in downtown Albuquerque, so yeah man they're just yeah I watch people just like argue with the wall for hours up here like it's so sad and crazy like I was telling Chris like I drive home and there's this park and it smells like cat piss and I did not know you guys know what cat piss smell is right oh yeah yeah I didn't know that man and now I'm like oh my
1: god
0: it just rots people's brains out um was he into the math too? I mean, I imagine if dad is, then...
1: I
5: definitely suspect that he was with some of his behavior because there would be times where he was genuinely, like, really calm and chill. I know for a fact he had a huge nicotine addiction. He could never put a cigarette or a vape down to save his life. Huh. And... I was always around him smoking a lot. He was very addicted to like energy drinks and stuff. <laughs> probably pound down like multiples of those a day.
4: Damn.
5: And he said he's tried acid a few times. He opened up about that. But as for other drugs, he would always be like, hey, yeah, I don't actually do drugs. Was like, I don't know why everybody made rumors in Georgetown about how I did meth and did XYZ. And after a while, I started to learn with him all of the stuff that he tries to convince you so hard that he doesn't do, he more than likely mm. There was even a time in conversation when we were discussing relationship boundaries and stuff like that. He was like, yeah, you don't have to worry. I won't spend all of our money on prostitutes and drugs. And I'm like, who the fuck even has to reassure somebody <laughs> about that? God. Like, this is so weird and like, just
0: fucked. <laughs> Jesus Christ. God, no kidding, and that's got to make you like think back and reflect on everything in the relationship and be like, "Holy <laughs> shit, that wasn't a joke. That was for real." Fuck.
3: Literally,
0: so wait, how yeah. he was not from Georgetown, or I'm.
3: They're con- originally from Tennessee. Uh huh.
0: How long they how they? Yeah, how long they have been down there? Right. Like. So
5: from what he told me, he was actually born in Nashville, and him and. His father and mother, and I think even his sibling, one of them that's a little bit younger than him, they lived in Nashville for, I think, a good like few years at least. And then they ended up moving to North Carolina, I believe, for work. Like Randy would work with some dealership down there and they would make pretty good money. And then they even lived in Akron, Ohio for a little bit of time, too. And his father would do various work on and off. He went back and forth between different dealerships, I believe, from what Eric told me. And then they also lived in Georgetown. That's their most recent place where they stay around the Murrells Inlet, Andrews, Georgetown area. And I think they've been
0: down there for the last, like, eight to ten years. It's just, so. yeah, I was wondering what the connection is. Usually people don't just end up in Georgetown. I mean, it happens occasionally, but, you know, usually there's a connection right. and, like, a reason. Not just like, oh, it's wonderful here, let's say. <laughs> you know. Oh,
5: right. Yeah. It's just so from, like, everything that I've heard, you know, historically, seriously. <laughs> it's
0: like, it's not a place on my bucket list to go, for sure. I'm telling Especially you. Especially after what I've gone through. <laughs> I, absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is just the craziest. Um, well, uh, Chris, will you stay informed as far as like the state and what's going on with the, uh, you know, i like, I just wanna know what the potential outcomes could be. Could it be death penalty? Could it be a jury trial? Like what, I guess it depends.
3: Well, um, from what I was told by the extremes, basically the overkill, It's hard to say which way it could go because it's possible that it could be a death penalty with the extreme amount of overkill.
0: Chris, do you feel like that would be justice?
3: Mm, Yeah, I would think so. But then again, I think it's more justice to somebody getting a life sentence. I hear you. Someone just going out quick. It's just no different than someone killing herself. They're not getting the punishment. They're not sitting there day in and day out.
5: Exactly. Right. The fortress conditions of the prison and around all your new friends that you'll make in there.
0: Yeah, yeah. New friends in your asshole, I hope. <laughs> Seriously, that's just. So I know oh, what sorry. you mean. Like, that's why I just wanted to ask your opinion because I can see both sides of that. And one, like why do we even pay for like a piece of shit like this with our tax dollars, but also, yeah, let's, I don't know, it's, it's just, whew. Um, did you know, Maya, like when you, uh, trust me, I understand how it is when, ooh, when you got those uh, blinders on, you know? I have a friend that makes a joke about red flags, she's like, oh, look at all the pretty colors, red flags, doesn't matter, and I, I get it. Um, like, was there, did you know anything really about him when you guys got together? Um, how'd you guys meet?
5: So, we actually met on Facebook, which I know sometimes meeting online is really just a red like, flag in and of itself sometimes. Nah, girl, I met
0: my husband online. you fine. You yeah.
5: <laughs> know. <laughs> I feel you on that one. It's just like, it all depends. There's all yeah. kind of frozen cons out there, but, um... It was so strange because I was already, you know, before I even met him, I was in a really bad place mentally. I was really struggling, facing a lot of burnout from working so many hours and yeah. dealing with higher for so many years. And, you know, I was just feeling really lonely. it was just like, in a sick way, he was really a reflection of like my lower self, is how I look at it. Oh, wow. And me and him, we do have a lot of common, In both positive and negative ways. I will say that. But more so. He always fed into his lower energies. And narcissistic sense of self. Like there's no hope for people who get as bad off as he does. There's no going back for him. He's done for you know. Like.
0: Yeah. Did he. And I feel like people like that almost prey on you. When you're at your weakest. It's almost like they can sense it. Like,
5: Oh yeah definitely. And I even noticed a pattern after a while, just looking back at what he told me about his exes and even talking to some of them. I even still have a couple of them on my Facebook pages. they're genuinely, like, really fucking cool people, you know? We all kind of look alike, which is kind of sick, too. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> <My mom>. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh,
0: yeah. Well, I know that Chris is on the road and working, and I don't want to keep you guys for too long but I want to you know um god I I want to like continue or uh maybe have you guys back on at some point if you're down for that and uh I definitely want to keep this updated if there's anything you guys like think of after the fact that you want to let me know just shoot me you know text uh media article or whatever Um, my, my recording thing, I've never seen this before. It's like, uh, bitch, you need to stop recording soon. (laughs) But, um, I'm going to go ahead and stop and say, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I hope that we can get as close to justice as possible and make people aware of the signs. And thank you guys for being brave and sharing that. And I would love to add Maya to that um, domestic violence and missing people group that I'm in on Facebook that really has resources and helps people all over the country. So you never know who's listening. So thank you guys, I really appreciate it.
5: Absolutely so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Anytime, girl. Anytime. I know this was a long one, but if you've made it through, thank you so much for sticking with me. It's so important that Chris gets to tell his side of the story. Um, so many times victims are forgotten and suspects are spoken of and I just wanted to get the best perspective possible and he's just brave and so is Maya for speaking with me. So I really appreciate that. It's like no matter what you do, people will send hate regardless. Uh, you breathe the wrong way, you know, like, so I'm just really grateful and there is so much more to this, but we had to set the, the basis and, um, Thank you for making it through, guys. I'm definitely going to do another part. If you guys are down, Chris has so much evidence. There are so many other things. And now that you know what's going on in this story, I hope you'll dive a little bit deeper with me. All right. Thank you, dear listeners. Until next time, let's share some true stories. Bye. Love you. Bye.